Good afternoon. This is Pamela, and you are listening to Watchmen on the Pod. Wow. Well, let's see. A couple days ago, I had started reading the book that I had written many years ago. I had found it in one of the chapters that it was in 2003 when I started writing it. Wow. It's been a long time. Um, then I started to read uh not yesterday, but the day before. And as I started to read, it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Holy Spirit stopped me and said, you got to rewrite that. I I've taught you more. And yes, he did. Thank you. And um, so I had to go back and rewrite and restudy. And it's taken a while. It really has. There's a lot to this, more in depth than uh, I've ever been, I believe. It is going to take a little while, I'll be honest, because, I mean, the, with this, you can only take it in sections. I mean, actually, yesterday, I kind of like, you know, took a break. I had to take a break because there's a lot to it. I've never seen this in the Word, but it's in the Word. Let's just put it that way. And it reminds me of the prophecy in, in the book of Daniel where it says, shut up, shut up the book, you know until the time of the end and wow is all I can say so we are going to continue we are in chapter 11 uh, just to let you know it was going to end I believe in 15 but I had to add you know if not one let's say two chapters in this so some's going to be short some is not going to be short like I what I said um, I had just rewritten and that was I think 49 pages guys so i want to take it slow there's a lot to it i suggest i urge you i beg you get your bible open it up let's do it together brothers and sisters let's do it together iron sharpens iron and let's sit and reason together let's search the scriptures to see if these things are so all right chapter 11 three days and three nights the next step in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior is the one of great controversy and one of differing opinions. I am not going to expect all to agree with me or to accept what I have to say on this subject, but I do expect, what I do expect is for the word to speak for the word and for all to go away with the desire to truly study this part out for themselves without adding to the word or taking away from it, but accepting exactly what the word says. All right, I am going to begin with an odd verse in the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, verses 4 through 6. Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Now, let's go to scripture. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. This verse tells us without doubt where Jesus went after his spirit left his body. It says in the heart of the earth. Luke chapter 23 verse 43. 
And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now, we know that Jesus spent three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, but also he said to the thief, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. First, we need to understand what was in the lower parts of the earth. One, there's Tartarus, bottomless pit, the abyss, the deep, whatever you want to call it. That is the prison that is a special place for the angels who sinned. They are permanently bound, a place the demons feared being cast to by Jesus before their time. Second, uh, number two, paradise. This is the abode of the righteous after physical death. It is now taken into heaven where the righteous go after Christ's resurrection. And he conquered the captives in hell and took them to heaven with him when he ascended. But before that, it was in the lower parts of the earth. Number three, hell, prison. This is the torment compartment of Sheol Hades where wicked souls go and have always gone and will go until the end of the millennium. What you need to know is the souls of men never go to the abyss, which is also called the bottomless pit, which is also called the deep, which is also called Tartarus. Okay. They do not go there. They go to hell. Okay. Now, the purpose for Jesus going into the heart of the earth to take captivity captive Psalms chapter 107 verse 16 for he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in asunder Hosea 13 14 I will ransom them from the power of the grave I will redeem them from death O death I will be thy plagues O grave I will be thy destruction repentance shall be hid from mine eyes Psalm 68:18 Thou hast ascended on high thou hast led captivity captive thou hast received gifts for men yea for the rebellious also that the Lord God might dwell among them Acts chapter 2 34 through 35 For David is not ascended into the heavens but he saith himself the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou on my right hand until I make thy fools thy foes thy footstool Praise God Psalm 110 verse 1 the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool Ephesians 4 8 through 9 wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men now that he ascended what is it that he also descended first to the lower parts of the earth so you see we see right there in scripture he went into the heart of the earth he went to take captivity captive. He went to set them free. Praise God. No departed soul went to heaven until Jesus made his enemies his footstool. No departed soul went to heaven until Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected from the dead. When Jesus rose from the grave, then did those who were in paradise rise also. Matthew chapter 27, 52 through 53. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. 
Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Matthew chapter 12 verse 40 again. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Acts 2.27 Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Is there any other proof or evidence of such a place? Did Jesus speak of such a place? Yes, he did. Many have called the accounts of the rich man and Lazarus a parable, but nowhere in the word of God does it say or call it a parable. With that said, and remember the verse in Proverbs 30, verse 6, I am not going to add to the word of God or take away from it and call it a parable. Nope. Man has labeled it as such, but the written word does not call it a parable. So let's turn to Luke chapter 16, starting with verse 19. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So there was no hopping back and forth from Abraham's bosom, i.e. paradise, to the flames. No, there was no going back and forth. They wasn't, there was a great gulf. There was impossible. Okay. Satan didn't go and he did not hold these uh, righteous people um, captive. He did not, you know, torment them. He did not. I mean, I, I had it written in here because I used to really, really love the Dakes Anatonian Bible. I really did. Wow. What a lot of error in his commentaries. There's a lot because he says that Satan um, held them captive there. No, he did not. No, he did not. The grave did. Yeah, but Satan did not. He could not go there. He could not go there. It just says it right there. But anyway, let's keep going. All right. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, 
neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. There are many interesting things on this account that Jesus spoke, which we really need to address, which really needs to be addressed. Number one, Jesus never says this is a parable. Number two, Jesus makes a statement, there was, as stating fact. Number three, Jesus never used lies to illustrate truth. Number four, verses 14 and 8 through 18 says, Jesus it says, Jesus is speaking of facts, not parables. Why would verse 19 begin with a made-up story after speaking truths? You see? Number five, in no parable of Jesus did he use names, but he always used certain points to illustrate the truth. There is nothing illustrated here. He speaks as fact. Number six, this account disproves any idea of soul sleep. Abraham was awake, and the rich man was awake. And this account does not say that Lazarus was asleep. Obviously, the rich man thought Lazarus was aware of what was going on because he wanted Lazarus to go back and tell his brothers. Number seven, Abraham mentions Moses and the prophets. Abraham died many years prior to Moses ever being born, or the prophets for that matter. How did Abraham know of them? Because they were in paradise with him. Number eight, when Abraham told the rich man that his brothers had Moses and the prophets let them hear them, he was referring to the written word. Nine, there was a great gulf fixed between the place of torment with fire and the place called paradise, two compartments in Sheol. If those in paradise was in a soul sleep, a place where they are oblivious to their surroundings, then Abraham would not have said, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Number 10, in the word where it speaks of falling asleep, there are so many scriptures on this subject like asleep in the dust. Only our body is made of dust, not our soul or spirit. This is referring to the body, not the soul or spirit. There are so many from Job to Psalms to Acts that speak of falling asleep. If they are read carefully, you will see it is always referring to the body and not the soul. It takes reading very carefully also where it speaks of falling asleep and seeing corruption. That is also the body, the flesh, not the spirit. Soul sleep is not biblical. As far as I have studied and should never be spoken of as saying the word says so, because the word does not say any such thing. Number 11. What would have been Jesus' intent then to speak of a place where there was a fire, a great gulf, and a place of rest, calling it Abraham's bosom, if it was not a real place? Yet the Jews of his day believed there was. Why would he allow them to keep thinking this by speaking of such a place that they believed in instead of showing them their error? If it was so, or if it was not so, if there was not a place as paradise or Abraham's bosom as the Jews believed there to be, then I do not believe Jesus would have spoken this in the way that he did. Why? Because if they were in error of their concept of what life after death held for them, Jesus would not have spoken in this way that reaffirmed their belief if it was a lie or a fable. Jesus went to paradise in the lower parts of the earth as he stated, why? To take captivity captive, to take paradise and to release those from the grave and take them to heaven with him. Go to Matthew chapter 27 verses 52 through 53. And the graves were opened 
and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into I gotta keep go right here. Oh, I'm sorry guys, I have to turn the page and turning the page means you have to go to another it's on the computer. <laughs> went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 8 through 9. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it that he also descended first to the lower parts of the earth? John chapter 5 verse 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Isaiah 26, verse 19. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise, awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust? For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. I believe this verse is referring directly to the resurrection of Jesus Christ because it says, together with my dead body. Praise God. Matthew 22, verse 32. I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. They were not in heaven, yet they were not dead in soul and spirit. So where are they? Where were they? Because they had not ascended. They had descended as David. When did they ascend up into the third heaven where paradise is? Acts chapter 1, verse 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Also, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in the body, I put in the body, in Jesus will God bring with him. Revelation 1.7 Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, all kindreds of earth, shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. Revelation 19.14 And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Jesus is coming back with clouds and with the armies which are in heaven. Is it possible that the cloud that received him was the saints carrying him home? That is what I truly believe. He is returning with saints, and the two men said that the same as they seen him go, he would return in like manner. We know that paradise is now in heaven because Second Corinthians chapter 12 Starting at verse 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. 
And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Seems kind of strange that everybody, Tom, Dick, and Harry these lately had a vision of heaven, went to heaven, Paula White and all that stuff, and they're telling you all about it. But Apostle Paul, one of the greatest men of the New Testament, who wrote primarily the entire New Testament almost, said it wasn't even lawful for him to tell people. Hmm. Funny, huh? Anyway, Apostle Paul tells us explicitly that he was caught up, up into paradise. Not only that, but while in paradise, he heard unspeakable words. So whatever is going on in paradise in the third heaven does not sound like sleeping to me. All right. Jesus did not go and preach a salvation message to those souls when they were already in prison from Noah's day. Now we're going to get a little sticky here. There is not a second chance after death. Jesus did not go and preach in paradise either. Hebrews chapter 9, 27. As, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Man does not have a second chance after death for salvation. It is unscriptural to teach otherwise. There are some which believe when Jesus went into the prison to preach that he gave those from the days of Noah a second chance. That is a very dangerous doctrine to preach or to even believe. It goes against the word of God and it makes Hebrews 9.27 of none effect and it entains, entertains the idea of a purgatory. 1 Peter 4.6 for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Some will use the scripture to back up the fantasy that Jesus gave those who died a second chance at redemption. But that is not what this verse is saying at all. This verse is telling us that the gospel was preached to them and are now dead in the flesh, but alive in the spirit. See, you need to see it. 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 <sighs> Let's go back. You need to see it. For this cause was the gospel also preached to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Now, let scripture back up scripture. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2.2 2. Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now, so go back up here. What does that scripture say? We got to understand it, children. If we don't understand it, we're going to walk away confused. And confusion is not of God. For this cause was the gospel, gospel preached also to them that are dead. That they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. See, I was dead according to God. But I was still alive on this earth walking around. You understand? Him, we are dead in trespasses and sin until we are born again of the Spirit. He was not 
right there talking about those that are dead and then he preached to them or he gave them a second chance after death no we did not don't let anyone tell you that purgatory is a lie it is a lie it is a lie you cannot pay a priest to get somebody out of hell guys you think god needs your money no it is appointed unto men once to die after that is the judgment there's no second chances there's no second chances okay now I will come back to this very soon, just to let you know, and explain in Scripture what was meant by he preached to the spirits in prison, okay? I will get, I will get back with you on that because this is a long, long thing. All right, now, in Genesis, God created man in his image and in his likeness. Adam knew God. He knew the ways of God. Eve knew God and knew the ways of God. When they sinned and fell in the garden, their eyes were open to good as well as the evil. Never did Adam and Eve lose their knowledge of God. Genesis 4, 4. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his, teach, and his offering. Where would Abel have gotten that idea if his parents had not taught him? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying us of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Abel knew the ways of the Lord and was righteous. Genesis 4:26, And to Seth, to him also were born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Adam and Eve's grandson knew the ways of the Lord. Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God obviously he had great faith because without faith it's impossible to please God Enoch without doubt was righteous second Peter chapter 2 verse 5 and spared not the old world but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. I believe it says there he was a preacher of righteousness. No mention of polluted or unpolluted DNA. Remember that. Keep that in the back of your mind. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. By faith, God, being warned of God of things not yet as not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. What? Wait a minute. His righteousness was by faith, not pure DNA. Did you see, did you see that? Let, let's read it again. We've we got to read this again. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being condescending. I want you to read the word for what the word says and not for what man is teaching these days, okay? Or has been teaching for many years. Let's read it again. Second Peter 2 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood where the world of the ungodly, upon the ungodly. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. His righteousness was by faith, brothers and sisters, not a pure DNA, okay? It says that being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, but moved with fear. What is the beginning of wisdom? It's the fear of the Lord. Think about it. Okay, Noah feared God and in faith built the ark. He was righteous. These scriptures show us that every soul leading up to the flood had every opportunity to serve God. They had a choice whether there was still breath in their bodies as while there was still breath in their bodies as we do today. They never had a second chance after the breath left their body. Never. And that right there is going to conclude chapter 11 because chapter 12 let me see. There's 43 pages to it. Actually, there's more than that because it goes over on the other set of pages. So I will probably break chapter 12 up into two chapters because, like I said, I do not want to overload anyone. I, I actually had to take a day off yesterday from even studying this because, and you're going to understand it once I get into it. If it was not by the precious Holy Spirit, there's no possible way. Number one, I would understand it. Number two even see these things it's in there it's in there wow is all i gotta say all right brothers and sisters i love you with all of my heart i truly do keep your eyes on jesus your nose in the book which is the word of god and embed the word of god upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against god or be deceived get in the board get in the word get in the word don't take man's word for anything certainly do not take my word for anything i am just pam <laughs> no education but praise god he does use the simple to confound the wise i'm thankful for that i love you all so very very much until next time be blessed